I keep it funky with the I got player ways. Can't fall asleep after I hit, I gotta stay awake. I bust it down, she want them rounds, I gotta take a break. My conscience blinded, I be trying to f the pain away. I have no time to wind it down, I gotta run the streets. Every woman I know would been in love with me. She don't want nothing but a little company until the sun is up, and that's enough for me. I knew that you would never be mine. I knew that you was just one call away from pressing decline. I knew the time was at the S's, no one never rewinds. You know the press is full of Life, so why you pressing your line? I know we eat you up inside, they have to tell me the truth Ain't no way you think, I think she love me better than you I think that you be talking to, be doing too much You wipe your tears in front of the mirror, now you thinking about dust Please don't worry about it, baby girl, I'm not in a rush He won't never get too crazy, girl, that boy know what's up You know who to trust, I'ma be dead long as I breathe air And if I die, I keep you smiling from the sky Hey, I keep it funky with the... I got player ways. Can't fall asleep after I hit, I gotta stay awake. I bust it down, she want the rounds, I gotta take a break. My conscience blinded, I be trying to f the pain away. I have no time to wind it down, I gotta run the streets. Every woman I know would been in love with me. She don't want nothing but a little company until the sun is up, and that's enough for me. And we're back, Quentin, and uh, this week we are the kings of outside. Um, oh shit, I meant to ask you before we started. Um, I don't know that do you have any news or anything like that you want to share on the podcast here? Life, uh, big life events or anything cool going on? <laughs> uh, um, I, mean, I mean, sure, I guess, like, um, if you guys follow me on Twitter or whatever, I got a new gig that got announced. I'll be doing some podcasting and some monthly column writing for uh, let's talk battle rap if you guys haven't noticed by now like on times i've mentioned it before like i'm a big battle rap fan i've been a big battle rap fan for a while and the platform i'm doing it for is happens to be my favorite battle rap platform but they also happen to be my friends so it's a cool that's a, that's a cool thing that's a cool uh gig that i'll get to do so it won't take it, it won't take away from anything wrestling related that I plan on doing or will be doing in the future. Just another way to like get into some stuff that I, that I enjoy watching and talking about and just getting, just getting my foot in there. But yeah, that was, it was, that was, that was pretty cool to get, uh, to have that get announced the other day. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. We haven't really uh, talked. I've been, it's been crazy and busy and, and fucked up. That's why we're taking... It's a bit of a light week, everyone. You, you'll find that out as we go on. Uh, we, we have some fun for our main review this week. Um, but, uh, but I've... Yeah, my wife got sick. After last week, I don't even remember. I didn't even think about it until we started recording right now. I was like, I don't even remember if I ever ended up posting, like, the podcast last week, like, on Twitter or anything else. I just, like, got it posted, and then we ran out the door. Um, went to go visit my brother-in-law and his wife and their three kids uh when we get there we find out that the twin babies are sick um so they're basically going to bed we're hanging out we do dinner you know whatever and then as uh the the older daughter goes to bed um you know we're like oh we forgot sometimes it's hard to go to sleep when you know aunt and uncle are here playing around they don't, she doesn't want to go to bed she just wants to hang out and play so then we hear some kind of freaking out in the room uh brother-in-law goes oh that's weird she never does anything like this i don't know why she's acting up or whatever um they go in there to check on her, and she threw up. She's sick, too. So she's got whatever the twins have. Turns out, you know, my wife gets insanely sick. She's out of it for days. So 
it's been crazy because that means I got to do basically everything around the house, take care of both of the dogs completely, you know, all everything plus work plus everything else, uh, you know, all the little errands and cleaning and grocery shopping and everything. So been been crazy. <laughs> so then I sat down here and I was like, oh, fuck, I think that I posted that podcast, ran out the door and then have been just nonstop going ever since because I haven't had a chance to really even sit down. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Um Otherwise, Quentin, I mean, you did have that good news, but uh, unfortunately, you've got the bad news. I guess you've got to touch the poop because Zack Sabre Jr. did not win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the, the, the official bet, unfortunately. But uh, what did you think of the match overall? It was weirdly structured. Like, it felt like... Well, they got the crowd into it at, at, at points, and I think that is still a thing where you watch that match and you still see that there's a certain level of crowd investment that the crowd has for Zach, which I feel. Wow, well, I think we can both feel like this kills Zach's credibility as any any type of like potential title winner or future champion for New Japan. But it is encouraging when you see how invested the crowd is to certain spots and things and near falls and submission near falls or whatever for Zach. I think that the pace, it felt faster. It felt like they got to the quote-unquote fireworks and more important stuff quicker than usual. It didn't feel like there was this big extended heat period heat period or feeling out process or what people try to call the first meaningless 15 minutes of a New Japan match. I felt like they went pretty quick by their, by their, sta- by their standards, but while that could be a positive, I feel like they didn't really make it super interesting in that way either. It wasn't like Okada sold his arm particularly well. It wasn't like a particularly intense or inspired Zach performance either. So I guess I'm getting at it was kind of a disappointing match between these guys because we've seen Zach and Okada have fantastic matches, at least in my opinion, have fantastic matches. And this one just didn't reel me in at all. And beyond Zach not winning, which I can disagree with or whatever, and I'm not really invested in the New Japan I mean, booking. you can't disagree with it. It happened. He didn't win. It's New Japan booking in 2022, so I'm not going to be super passionate or upset about it. I would, I, like, But I at least hope that Zach and Okada would have a great match because I've seen them do it plenty of times in the past, and this one just didn't do it for me for whatever reason. I just think the way the way they approached it and both both of the guys' performances, I don't know, seemed like it seemed very mailed in. Yeah, I would say Zach's selling was was actually the better selling of the two, which doesn't help in a match where you're trying to make him a believable challenger and someone who could possibly win the title here. But also at the same time, maybe they're not. Um, the interesting thing though is that they feel, to me, they feel like they're on the same level. It's like. You just know Okada's going to win because of the booking, but as performers and as kind of what they where you can see they are in the hierarchy in New Japan, I don't re- necessarily think that they're they're presented as being too far off from each other. So that is kind of interesting um, just because of where Okada is at this point. Probably somewhat that has to do also with the, you know, the 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 clap crowds. I know that that's like everyone has to talk about it at all times at this point. Uh, for New Japan, it's getting really over over the top, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny to think about. But like, the pandemic's not over, and it's coming back. Everyone, just be ready. Like this, uh, 
BA2 is like really fucking about to fuck everybody's ass, like really just fuck everybody up. Um, so it's just like New Japan and Japan in general never like stopped with the crap, the clap crowds, and they just constantly talked about soon, soon, soon it's gonna go back to normal, and it's it's not, it's not going back to normal. Um, we're gonna probably have a another lockdown or or something similar to a lockdown relatively soon here. Um, so so that's fun to think about in general. But uh, but that said, yeah, I just one of the I think one of the interesting things there is just yeah that like Okada at his level and the way he's presented and everything about him, you would think that he would be just completely out of Zach's league at this point. Um, but I mean, it seems like they're they're presented pretty equal overall. Um, it's just you know Zach's not going to win, um, as you said. It just feels like that's just it's weird. I mean, wrestling has become so meta in a lot of ways that like. The, the feeling is Okada is going to win because that's how the booking works. But when it comes to star power and presentation and all that, he's not necessarily that this much higher than Zach. Um, either way. Yeah. It a little mailed in a little dead. Like I said, the crowd again, not being able to cheer obviously probably affects that feeling. New Japan in general just feels super dead. Um, like, so like, yeah, like, I've said, a, like I've said before, it's like in like, I know people might not be as like, cultish about zach as they were about shibata but in a lot of ways like it's like even down to booking and like doing things where it's like oh yeah you know like you probably should push zach as a main event guy it feels it all feels very shibata ish right yeah it's it's kind of perfect that zach is the new shibata right now even though like theoretically shibata is coming back don't even know about necessarily what's going on with all of that um you know what i mean like so that's kind of interesting too to think about like he's he's presented this way he's had that he had that long tag team championship kind of run and just felt like that was all set up to to build him to being you know at a different level and uh, don't necessarily see that uh, that really growing any further um so yeah just very odd overall um any more thoughts on that new japan did you did you want to talk about the some of the angles and some of the stuff that came out of the show uh, I watched Yoshi Yoshihashi and Goto versus United Empire, Okan and Cobb. I like the Okan and Cobb tag team. I oh, wish there were more good tags. I, I wish there were more more good tag teams in New Japan. Imagine and that they were able to face. I'm sorry for interrupting so much, but imagine that tag team in this super hot AEW tag team division we have going on right now, like Cobb yeah. and, and Khan going going in there mixing it up with like the FTR right now, who are fucking on fire. That would be like nuts. Yeah, imagine how, like, even just, like, if you wanted to do, like, a big Styles Clash thing, imagine Cobb and Ocon versus the Bucks right now. Oh, God. And just how, and just how, and just how insanely fun it is. And, like, remembering that we've barely really gotten any Cobb and Bucks interactions ever, really. Yeah, I think so. Like, I would, like, I would love to see something like that. But, obviously, this is New Japan, where tag team wrestling has just fallen by the wayside for the last few years. So whatever but this is but this was okay this was fine this was this is this is pretty solid the main takeaway and i think the main takeaway from uh the junior title match in this is francesco akira jumping to new japan francesco akira was a uh was all was all japan junior guy i believe he won the i believe he won the junior title at some point right um I believe I'm, 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 I know I know I know you're not the I know you're not the, the biggest authority on all Japan over the last over, over the last few years. Yeah, no. But I don't, I can't say for sure if he won a title or if he um 
if he won like a tournament. Yeah, might have won. Yeah, but e- either way, he was like a worked worked his worked his way up through the all, through the all Japan system and became actually a pretty prominent junior there. And to see him join New Japan and do so in a pretty prominent way, I thought was super interesting. Um, I think Francesco Akira is good. I think he's a very, I think he's a very solid wrestler. He's still I think he's still pretty young, so I think he has like like plenty plenty of potential and could get better. And I'm I'm just I'm just fascinated by this because it's not like this guy was a super big name, I don't think. But it seems like they're super interested in believe in him and believe in his ability. And you know, sometimes New Japan does this. Sometimes they just debut guys like this, and they could go out there and lose in their first title match or whatever the fuck. But this close to best of the super juniors, I think he is a he is a very interesting addition joining United Empire. So they have their so they have their junior guy, and moving forward. I think he's. I think he's a really. I think he's a really interesting guy to to pay attention to. I think that you see that they're like for how infatuated New Japan has been with ELP for the last couple of years. That maybe they're fine with having him as a tag team guy. Maybe we're not doomed to the ELP mega push anymore, and maybe they want to try Francesco Akira and see if he can be like the for be, be like the be like the foreign dude that's. Uh, that's super strong in the division or maybe he's just going to be a guy in the division he might be a fall leader whatever but i don't think they did they debut him in the way they did having him having help him uh having him help win the tag titles and have him come out and have that face off with despy later on in the night so i i just think it's a very interesting booking thing going forward yeah no clearly and it's not just uh, Francesco Akira. Um, obviously, this is a you. You can tell from the booking and the stuff that's going on, not just in New Japan proper, but also in Strong and even in Rev Pro, that there's a refocus now, and it makes a lot of sense when you just think about it, like in the most basic level, that there's a refocus uh, for the United Empire, and a, a big part of why that, it, like I said, makes so much sense is that the United Empire was meant to be a group of you know, gaijin and foreigners and different people from different countries. And that was kind of hard to deal with during the pandemic, having a stable where it's all foreigners and they can't get into America. Right. So, or America into Japan. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was like obviously a big part of why, uh, why the, um, why the, the Akira debuting, the booking has seemed to be more like aligning everyone in, um, United Empire together more, you know, we were kind of saying like, oh, there's splinter factions of United Empire, but now all of the different factions and all of the different members are involving each other to get, are getting more involved with each other together. Um, so it's, it's clearly going to be a big focus moving forward and it makes sense. It really does. From the start, when the thing was first put together, it seemed like it was the most interesting thing in the company. It felt like it was going to be you know, like a, a big deal, it was going to be important. And then obviously got completely sidetracked by, like I said, by the pandemic, really hurting the, the concept of the team. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Cobb and Ocon team is so much fun to watch because the, the, um, the chemistry between the two, not just in the ring, but also the personalities. It just, again, it just goes to show again with the Cobb tag team guy thing that we've talked about. I mean, of course, a lot more people, are a bit higher on Cobb now than they were in the past when I used to be probably the high voter on him a lot of times in a lot of places. Um, 
But like now you see it again, just like with the Chosen Bros team, like Cobb in like a jockey tag team with another shooter grappler type guy. He's just perfect being like the jock bully. And he's got his partner who's, you know, his equal. And they're just like laughing and fucking mocking and just playing stupid. That's being fucking idiots together is so endearing and so much fun to watch. And you can love it or you can hate it depending on how they present it. Um, <laughs> Okan, the heel who saved the woman from being sexually assaulted is very funny. Um, you know, he's got the plaque that he got from the police, like, you know, being, uh, being, you know, a, a hero being presented as a hero. And yeah, um, I double checked it and, uh, you were correct. We were both were correct. So, uh, Francesca Akira, um, won the junior battle of glory. I remember the final because it was against El Lindemann kick-ass match, um, with El Lindemann and then he did win the title he won the junior heavyweight championship but it was a really quick like less than a month title reign and he didn't ever even defend it he lost it in his first match so um hardly I hardly consider that even being a champion in my book if you don't defend it at least yeah, once yeah. then you're not even actually the champion but you know whatever um but yeah so so yeah the, the big thing to me is yeah like clearly moving forward United Empire is something um, and it's going to be a big deal. Did you see this uh, this announcement for the the collision in Philadelphia, New Japan Global show that's coming up? I don't even know if this no, is technically strong or if this is New Japan like proper. You did not see no, it. No, I did not, not. Yeah, I didn't see it. Okay, so they announced uh, six man tag: Coglin, Kevin Knight, and the DKC versus uh, a team filthy group of the west coast wrecking crew and jr's jr kratos got my boys in there so of course i'm gonna dig that yuya yamura with the uphill battle of a lifetime but he's probably one of the few people who can pull this off as he gets a uh, a match against killer cross so hopefully he can make something out of that but uh, it's kind of if he if he can if if he can pull that off yeah that's it that's yeah that's it <laughs> look i'll tell you right i'll tell you right now i'm gonna watch that match and i don't really watch any killer cross matches if i don't have to if he gets a good match out of him, I'm coming on this podcast and I'm saying New Japan needs to push him harder than anyone else yeah. when he comes back to Japan. He instantly be the top guy. Um, got Minoru Suzuki against Tony Deppen. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely very interesting um, for New Japan to book that one. Uh, could be a lot of fun. Could also be, you know, standard Minoru match. But the thing about Deppen, and got to give a shout out to my boy Pete, uh, you know, my frequent guest of the podcast and uh and former podcast uh co-host of mine um when he talks about Deppen and just how good Deppen is in front of a crowd even um on the texas you know lucha versus usa matches that match that he saw um and in general like even going in a crowd that doesn't necessarily know who the fuck he is this guy can work the character work the heel and work the heat um against in front of anybody so him showing up wrestling Minoru Suzuki if Minoru Suzuki wants to make wacky faces and, and just play fucking murder grandpa Depp in his game to actually probably get something out of that that would still be fun to watch even if uh even if you know it's not like you know notebook classic five star whatever it'll definitely still be fun so so it's either either Suzuki is game and he works hard like he did on AEW last night which we'll talk about here in a second or they just do Gaga, but Deppen. I mean, if there's any wrestler on the fucking planet Earth that I'm willing to watch do Gaga, it's Deppen at this point. Like, I don't know if you agree with me. I, I think that there's a lot of people who 
just stopped paying attention, got complacent about the fact that Deppin is just as good as he is, and, like, that's it. He's not going to – he's never going to – I don't think he's ever going to get a push and be a top guy, anything like that. I don't think he's ever going to get buzz. But you talk about, like, a journeyman worker and a guy who – in 10 years, in, you know, 15 years, when people are looking back and going through the footage, I think there'll be a resurgence and appreciation for the subtle quality that Tony Deppen had for years at this point of being able to wrestle anybody to do anything. And like I said, to even still do Gaga and bullshit and make it fun and, 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 and intriguing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm out to lunch on that, but what do you think of that? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think that Tony's best qualities can somehow can sometimes get overlooked because he can delve into like the, the cartoony stuff just as well. So something like, you know, one of his most famous matches at this point still to this day is probably the, it's probably the Daniel Makabe match from SCI, but still like when you think Tony Deppin, you still kind of think cartoony character guy. Now we might think versatile wrestler that can work anywhere on the card as a, as a student, as a stooging heel, or you can work, or you can work technical, work a little, work a longer match, work main event style tags, whatever. But I think ultimately people still kind of view Tony as a goofy guy. So to go out there and trade facial expressions with Minoru Suzuki, I think that's going to be right up his wheelhouse. And for sure, I think I think Tony's a guy that, you know, if there ever is a point where the U.S. Indies come back around, and like we're we're past the GCW stages where GCW and their atmosphere and whatever is more important than like the wrestling matches then I'm, I'm i i can see tony having having a moment where people go back and like oh yeah in the midst of all this bullshit and like the indies changing in a way where certain guys weren't appreciated as much this guy was there and trying his best to actually have good matches yeah works his ass off knows who he's working in front of like not afraid to just do old school bullshit heel stuff if that's what it takes but also not afraid to do work rate craziness with someone like Alex Zane. You said the Makabe match, but I think there's a lot of there's a whole other section of the internet that they would say that Alex Zane backyard wrestling match is the you know the Tony Deppen match supreme to stand out. So yeah, so versatile as you said. I mean, this guy can do a ton of different shit. But either way, and then the main match that they have announced for this New Japan show is Hiroshi Tanahashi in the United States on a New Japan show, which has not been you know pretty normal he was on wrestlemania weekend against chris dickinson friend of the slack uh, himself and uh possible wrestler top possible top 50 wrestler of the year um at some point chris dickinson what do you uh what do you think about that one <laughs> i mean i'm good for him i guess yeah. man i don't fucking whatever what do you whatever do? dude i mean i don't want to consider a g1 i'm not particularly interested in that so i hope this isn't his Roderick Strong esque G one G one trial run. God. So uh I hope I hope that I hope that is not the case. Um but it seems like they like him. So yeah. which is weird. I don't um, know why. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't know. Yeah. He's he's bald and has chest hair, I guess. I know he cool look. <laughs> I know he left Team Filthy like in the New Japan Strong world, but like I don't think that there's a single member of Team Filthy that I wouldn't take above Chris Dickinson, like honestly. Uh, You're taking Denny Limelight over Chris Dickinson? Yes. I guess I am, actually. Honestly. Like, okay. I mean, okay. So the thing is that I have to say for that, and I get where you're coming from, is that Danny Limelight is a Southern California indie, you know, native and all that. And so I saw a ton of his shit even earlier on in his career before anyone knew who the fuck he was. And he's actually really good and could be even better, possibly. He's just like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe 
he'll never get back to it. But there was a point where he was like really, really fucking good um, on the indies and like a, a guy who was like a really high prospect. And maybe he'll just never like reach that potential. But to my mind, I'm still like, I'd rather have him than Dickinson, honestly. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's a that's a fair trade, you know, trade off between him and uh, him and him and Dickinson. But otherwise, no, I mean, fuck, AEW was interested in Limelight. They were having him work uh working dark a bunch and it seemed like they were wanting to do something with him i don't know what ended up happening with that other than you know maybe he's making too much money on only fans and he doesn't want to mess with that um but <laughs> either way um although now it seems aew is open to the the only fans right they got tony storm um moving forward did you see all the kerfuffle about uh travis banks and marty scroll being booked on the crash show yeah of course uh, why are people um... surprised i guess is my main takeaway but what do you think um to date this is the biggest indie to have booked to, to have used travis and marty here so i think that's it but at the same time like this has been but this has been bubbling for a few months now yeah so it doesn't exa- it doesn't exactly shock me either and it doesn't exactly shock me to think that like travis and marty would have been in communication like hey man like How's Mexico? Yeah. How's Puerto Rico? <laughs> you wanna, yeah, like you know, like just stuff like like stuff like that just wouldn't shock me. You know, two p two peas in the pod and all and all type and all types of shit. So it doesn't it doesn't shock me at all. Uh, I mean, I guess good on Lince for pulling out of the for pulling out of the match. But at the same time, Lince is a chase and rants guy, so I'm not sure how much credit I'm yeah. I'm willing I'm willing to give Lince for doing the bare bare minimum of not working a show with uh groomers and molesters on it but yeah. you know i keep expect this Ex- expect this i'll yep. just keep saying that like hey this is gonna this has been bubbling for a few months and either you can say that these people might not know people might not know as much in mexico what's going on or they don't care you can pick whatever side of the coin you fall you fall you fall along with that but Either way, like I expect it to keep happening. Yeah, I'm that's that, that's that's all that's all I'll say. And then hopefully, if they're booked with someone that you know is more versed in what's going what's going on on English speaking Twitter, then maybe they'll pull out from the show or speak out against it or whatever else. But this is gonna keep happening, and don't be surprised if you see these guys try to make their try to make their way back into you know, the United States and uh, in Europe eventually yeah. or Australia eventually. Like these things are going to happen. These guys, as much as, um, as much as like you, you want to say that wrestling is safer without them around. These guys have spent their whole lives wrestling and they're not all going to David star it and just go do something else with their lives. These guys spent their whole lives wrestling and they're going to find a way to wrestle regardless. Yeah. So just, it's gonna keep. It's gonna keep happening. Don't watch them. Don't pay attention to them. Don't give them any attention. Hopefully, other wrestlers step up and say, "No, I'm not. Deal- I don't want to do. Deal- I don't want to do that." But these guys have been wrestlers their whole lives. They're gonna keep finding ways to wrestle. Yep. I mean, that's it. That's it. I mean, you talked about it all there, and you know, I don't need to pathologize or dive too deep into like Mexican culture, but there's a reason why you know people are starting to wake up and realize that like, you know, as a voting block, you can't expect, especially Mexican males in America to just vote like, you know, progressive or vote non for the conservative side of things, because 
it's a more conservative culture. It always has been. And always yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other conversation that I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just leave, I'll just leave it alone yeah. for right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, people people could say whatever. I've grown up here in Southern California my whole life. I'm part Mexican. I know the culture. I've been exposed to it, and it's not shocking to me in any way. Um, that it wouldn't necessarily be that they don't know people want to, you know, play it off. And, and to me that I find that even more racist to be like, oh, Mexicans are too stupid to know about the internet or something. They fucking know, they know what's going on. The thing is, is that they just don't care. They don't care or they don't believe it. They think women are, you know, lie. They think, you know, whatever, whatever they believe, different people have different thoughts, but it's not all ignorance either way. Here's the fucked up thing. You know what this did is I paid attention to this. Actually, you know what? This is what happened. Even before this happened, I was looking up Travis Banks. I don't even remember what made me think about it. Oh, you know what it was? Um, something popped up and I saw a picture of Travis Banks posting a picture of his puppy. So I was looking at his Instagram. And uh, there were some clips of him wrestling in Mexico. And like highlight reels. And I hate to fucking say this, but Travis Banks looks great. I mean... The little bit of stuff that I saw of him wrestling in Mexico, this guy looks, you know, as good as he ever was when it comes to in-ring. And I hate to say that, you know, because I'm not saying go check him out, go watch his matches. But I'm just saying I get why they like him and why they want to book him. It's the same reason why we used to the, like watching his matches. <laughs> the truth is, it's like, yeah, you know, if you if you, if you would have dropped Travis Banks off, like, anywhere for the most part, Travis Banks still would have, like, gotten over yeah. and still would have been in demand like it's he's a good wrestler yeah like he just he just he just was same like even the same even the, even the same even the same thing with marty is like you know we could we could like marty was polarizing for years even before like the, before a lot of this stuff became uh became big became bigger topics of discussion but like same but same but same thing but same thing applies applies to marty and you know like, like it's at some point it's just like you know what like you kids can't keep giving these things attention. Yeah. That's like, that's eventually what it boils down to sometimes is that like, there's nothing in place that stops these guys from wrestling. They're just, it's it just, there's just nothing in place. Not all these, not all of these people are just going to disappear. That's the sad truth. That's just the sad truth about that. These guys will deny it and claim their innocence or do whatever. And they'll still find their ways to wrestle. And I will never watch them again. That's yeah, just what it is. That's just what it is. But like I said, it's. I think I think every I think every time, and I'm not sure this is the case, but I think this applies in general with social media. Is that the more you give these things attention, the more that you also like in, might incline someone to want to book this book someone for shock value down the line. Right. So, if every time Travis Banks or Marty Skrull's on a poster or on a flyer for a show. <laughs> And they're always the biggest topic, and there's a bunch of quote tweets and attempted dunks and whatever going on. People still see that as engagement at the end of the day, and I would like to not think so negatively about that and hope that stuff like that wouldn't make wouldn't help them get more booking. But I also still feel like if you just ignore these guys, then then that's like the best way to make sure to ensure that hopefully, maybe. You get people like them away from the wrestling scene. Yeah. I don't know. There isn't an answer for this because these guys have wrestled their entire lives, and we saw that they were gonna find find ways to wrestle. Literally going to fucking Puerto Rico and all over the place to go find ways to wrestle, and then having dipshits like EC like EC three 
and Adam and Adam Brooks and those and, and those type of guys all cheering him on to go get back out in wrestling despite knowing and seeing all the shit about him having relations with a minor. That's just like yeah. the the shit is fucked up. The shit is deeply rooted fucked up in you know, sometimes that sometimes the dunk in the engagement that you give us that you give it isn't worth it. Sometimes it might just be worth it to like truly ignore these guys and leave them in the past if that's what we want. Yeah, that's really the only answer. Um, and, and you're definitely right about that. But you know, there is there is the other side of of the community where you've got the fans who who are going to be attracted to it and like it and be like, yeah, like. I want to be the anti-PC and the fuck cancel culture. Like, GCW just ran a show, or not GCW, XPW just ran a show in California, like, last weekend, and it went seven fucking hours, so thank God I, I almost went, and I almost went just to see Hoodfoot, and I'm so happy that I didn't, because the, the company is fucking trash. They book pieces of shit like, uh, like Schlack, you know, and... Then it's it goes seven hours, which sounds like a fucking nightmare, and it's probably ran terribly. But watching and seeing clips from it looks like there was tons of people in the crowd, and there's tons of people who, again, this is where I buy it more. Like people who are like literally oblivious to all that super stuff, or are just completely pro anti cancel culture. You know what I mean? Fuck PC. We love this company because they say like fuck all that bullshit and they're and they're you know and those people like you said they're going to I could see XPW booking you know <laughs> what was he the fucking from the beginning when they said XPW was coming back the first thing he teased was booking Marty Scroll you think he won't book Travis Banks and Marty Scroll at some point I guarantee he will especially if he keeps running Southern California and they're in Mexico that's a pretty easy booking right from Mexico to Southern California that's not a big deal so I could definitely see that happening. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, there's definitely that side of things as well. Um, let's see. It's it's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating. Like I get it. Like I get the inclination to just just to reflexively be like, no, fuck that. I have to do this and this, and we got to all collect. Like I just still have this nagging feeling like all we're doing is giving these guys more attention. Yeah, which we probably should stop. Um. AEW, you said you watched last night's AEW a little bit. What did you see? Um, saw Joe versus Suzuki. Okay. Um, I saw, obviously, our god, uh, Dave Wardlow. Oh, I thought you were talking Big about Wardlow. Satnam Singh. <laughs> Singh is king, nah, baby. Uh, our, our, our god, uh, yeah. Big Dave Batista Wardlow. Yeah. Love him. Deacon uh, Wardlow. Yes. <laughs> um, but... That's the main. Okay, I saw and I saw Jungle Express. Jura- Jura- I call them Jungle Express yeah. or Jurassic Express. People do gotta, call them Jungle I, Express, not just you. People do call them that, which I mean, obviously makes sense because Jungle Boy feels like the focus of the team, right? Yeah. Okay, but they're Jurassic Express. Yes. I saw Jurassic Express versus 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 Red Dragon. Uh, yeah, that's about. I saw the closing angle. Obviously, I feel like the closing angle. Like we should do that first yes. kind of yeah yeah because like like the other stuff is whatever like Jura- jurassic express versus red dragon was fine cool i guess it was, fine. It, was, it, was, it was fine it sucks because jurassic express and i, I kind of went off on them and saying how they could be they're kind of like the new young bucks um and they could definitely fill that role but they're really floundering because at the moment that it seemed like that was the point and i i'm sorry for digressing like this because we you wanted to talk about the ending at the moment that they were putting yeah. that role and felt like it was time for them to flourish 
FTR just out of nowhere became this insane fucking just thing that now completely overshadows everything. And and because Jurassic Express are not expressly part of that storyline, um, they just feel like an afterthought. So yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's kind of a bummer there. But yeah, the main event, um, Joe versus Suzuki. What did you think of them doing the uh, the Suzuki versus Hiromu match? But you know, in AEW, that was kind of a that was definitely a choice. Uh, man, it was a novelty thing. It's fucking Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki in twenty twenty two. Like, you know, I, I I'm just I'm just happy to have seen that on a nationally televised company. That's just a yeah. cool thing to have seen. Uh, so I didn't expect much from it. I think that while Joe still can work. And Minoru Suzuki can still work. We've seen what Minoru Suzuki in the United States has largely looked like, and we can't pretend that like Joe has been great or whatever for the last however many years. So well, it was purely like novelty. It was it was purely novelty spectacle. I will for me. say Let's... Joe Joe has shown flashes of greatness for the past however many years and in his WWE yeah, yeah, yeah. run. But I definitely I can understand where you're coming from if what you're saying is Joe has not been ROH Joe. Joe has not been the champ is here. Oh, oh, oh! You no, know, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, of, co- of course, like I've like this fucking like, however, God, like over 15 years ago at this point. Yeah. So like, I'm not saying that about Joe. I'm saying even in WWE where he found his footing, it was still flashes that were few and far between. Right. Even 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 in that case, even in a case where he like was reinventing himself and coming up with new ways in order to still be relevant and still uh still be still be used. I thought it was still. I thought it was still kind of few and far between. Like Joe reinvented himself. I don't want to say reinvented himself because it makes it sound like he's always he, he was a bad talker at one point. But he reinvented himself as like a promo master, and that was something that really kept him afloat in WWE for a while. So that's not necessarily what we got here. This was pure novelty spectacle of seeing these two legendary names for the last however many years of pro wrestling go out there and do that on national television. Now. Tony has made poor decisions like this in the past. Yes. What was Tony thinking and why? Okay. This was, this was like, this isn't offensive and like this isn't this isn't like, oh AEW back to doing the stupid shit. It's not that kind of bad, but I just don't understand Tony's thought process here, doing this. I don't understand it whatsoever. I yeah, I don't get why here, why in this moment other than i guess like the idea is this is but it, it can't be it can't be the idea that this is an roh angle right because t t oh my god oh my god my brain just put this stuff together so okay tony was you know teasing everything online and said like you know oh we have an overrun for a big something special at the end of the show blah 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 whatever and it's also kind of playing off the thing where you know they they had to cut Minoru Suzuki's theme song short and everyone got super sad. And can I, can I say this? Can I just like, uh, may, you know, I, I fucking hate to do this. Cause so, and you know, you know, these kind the kind of nerds that are going to listen to this or, or the, the nerds that would get upset about this are not going to listen to this, but the fucking mark out for Kaze Ninare shit, I think it's just fucking, it's like cutesy. It's part of that class of wrestling is art people that i talked shit about instead of you know, <laughs> that, that shit is that is murder grandpa bullshit i don't i've never thought that like minora suzuki's theme song is especially awesome i don't uh, I, I, so you're fuck you're so wrong here i don't like... i don't think that the song is particularly good 
I don't think that it like really adds much to his character. And I I, I, just, I don't like listening to it. It doesn't okay. build up the drama. And then the crowd singing does, it. Does it, feel, does, does it feel like a pro wrestling theme song to you? No, not at all. It's like, is that... Is that is that the issue? Kind of, yeah. It it feels it feels because like, I feel like if you if you heard it as a song, I feel like you would like. Yes, as a song, it's a good it, song. My point is like as an okay, song, right. it's not good. Yeah, it's a good okay, song, right. but it doesn't it it feels out of place. And I think that that's the point is people the reason why people got into it and love it is they love it like ironically because it feels out of place and oh you know it's you know what it is it's umbop. Do you remember when the Bucks would come out to umbop? And it was like, yes. it's like, oh, it's so ridiculous because no no wrestler who's supposed to be a tough guy would come out to Hanson. It's kind of the same thing. It's it's really being ironic and cutesy and going like, oh, he's, you know, the king of Pancrase and he's a big tough guy who does MMA. Let's have him come out to like a female singer. And it's like kind of an emotional song. Right. And that's why people buy into it. It's, it's a fucking it's an ironic meme thing. And then people love to like sing along to it because then it's like, oh, we're you know, we're in on the joke. And that's why I, I feel like people. I feel like people just think it's a good song, though. I think that people go crazy for it and make a big deal about it to where they're complaining that oh, we cut off the part where the crowd gets to sing the song because of the overrun. The only reason why people do that is because they want to be in on the irony of the joke of the song. That's my. You feel the way about the native audience too? Yes, I think every. I think especially well, the native audience. Okay. Maybe they actually just like. There, I don't know culturally if it was like a hit song in Japan, so maybe it's just like actually a very popular song for them. Um, but, but but even but even in general, so like like so like like even with the whole like when they when they get when they get when it, when it builds up and they shout Kaze Ninare when they get to when they get to that part, like you still put the native fans in that same. Boat. Yes, I do think that it's the, partially it's about yeah it's about being in on the joke and being like oh it's so funny and that like the tough guy comes out to the girl singer in the sad song. Right, like that's the point of the song. Either way, I'm sorry, I did not mean to go off on this, but <laughs> but Tony teased that oh we have an overrun, so you nerds can't get mad that you don't get to sing the song or whatever. Um, and then I put it together in my mind. I was like, oh, when when it happened, I was like, duh, TNT gave him the overrun because there he's debuting a basketball star, so it's almost like a crossover. Between the NBA and T and A AEW, so of course TNT is going to support it because TNT has basketball on the channel, so they want basketball stars to be stars in wrestling, right? They think that that makes ba the NBA and basketball look better. It's 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 synergy, as they say. So oh duh, of course they give them. But I didn't think about it until just now, as I'm saying. Well, why would they make this an ROH angle if if TNT, the channel that AEW is on, wants TBS. this guy to be on there? Is it TBS? They're on TBS now, remember? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I mix. I I got confused. I thought that uh, D Dynamite was still on TNT. So Dynamite's on TBS as well now. Yeah. Okay. And is uh, Rampage is on TNT? I I don't even remember at this point. But it, remember, it was a it was a whole thing about yeah yeah the move to TBS because that's what they, that they, they uh did the Danielson oh, hangman yes, yes. match. Yeah, you're right. Okay, TBS. So the whole thing was TBS wanted them to get an Indian star. They wanted, you know, the basketball guy to be on AEW. So why would they put him in an ROH angle? And then it just struck me right now. Tony's a fucking genius. Because if he makes the ROH angle, the guy that TBS wants on the show is a part of it, then maybe they'll want ROH on their channel. Maybe they'll give ROH TV time. So I have to say hats off to Tony. That's why he did it here. That's why it felt weird. 
and like didn't make any sense but tony is playing three-dimensional chess and he's trying to get roh tv by putting the guy that they that the channel wants on the show on the in the roh angle okay so yeah that's that's where i get that's where i get that my thing is i i think that it was goofy it was bad it was pro wrestling you know it i think it's weird the people that are like this is wwf style booking i'm like this is not wwe booking this is just pro wrestling this is like what pro wrestling does but i think i was a little bit burnt out on the idea of like what the fuck is going on because i saw the marina shafir sky blue thing before this and i don't think you watched that no okay this that was like what the fuck that was it was so bad marina came out and the crowd was fucking silent and you couldn't hear anything except for because jade now has this thing that she calls the baddie section are you familiar with the baddie section of course. I am very I am very I'm very familiar with the baddie section. You are section. you are a member of the baddie section, I would assume. Of course. <laughs> so the baddie <laughs> section was mic'd up. So all you could hear was this empty cavernous arena and then the baddie section just booing and jeering and talking shit. And so the match just felt like insane. And then of course you got Marina Shafir, who's like a a decent level MMA fighter who like doesn't get the credit that she deserves like because because it became such a meme to be like oh the four horsewomen are Ronda and then a bunch of jobbers and it's like I'm sorry but the other women were actually like pretty skilled fighters if they weren't like famous and maybe they don't have like great records but they were still very good fighters and there's a reason why they were all signed to UFC Marina Shafir has like amateur uh like grappling pro wrestling or amateur wrestling credentials all that like she'll fucking kick your ass so there's no reason to say like oh she's you know she's just a jobber or whatever um but she's going out there and she's fighting sky blue who cannot keep up with her on the mat uh makes everything look awkward because she just doesn't sky blue is not natural at you know grappling which really stinks about pro wrestling now (laughs) that like pro wrestling training and that's why like japanese wrestlers tend to be better is because they get amateur training or at least some a lot of them have amateur background but at least part of their training is understanding like wrestling but now in america like wrestling has so departed from like amateur wrestling that you can be like the hop level pro wrestler and have no concept of, of amateur wrestling but yeah so so sky blue just can't really keep up with her when it comes to that and the crowd is just not into it everything looks shaky and weird and awkward and then on top of that you've got like the only people that anyone can hear is a group of people just talking shit and booing and jeering so i'm just like this is a fucking terrible debut you're just making marina shafir not i mean you know it's not necessarily 100 percent the booking's fault obviously she didn't deliver like you would hope but you made it even worse. I mean, I don't understand why if you're gonna have someone debut in a match, the way that you would you would uh, do that is in a match where you have people booing her. You want to make her look like a star? Why are you fucking paying people to boo? Um, I did make a, a bit of a joke where I was like, "What is this GCW? You're paying fans to to shit on a match?" Um, but they were not throwing bottles in the ring, so um, you know. But either way, like, yeah, that was that was much rougher. But I've been uh, I've been very much uh, talking over this a ton, Quentin. The post-match angle, and as you were saying, what the fuck was going on here? What do you think about my thoughts on it? And and give your thoughts on it, please. Uh, I, I, I guess I can see what you're saying there. Like, if we're going like whole like big brain on this, like Tony owns ROH now, so he would. So ideally, I think he would want to get ROH to be air to be airing somewhere. So if that, like, I I don't think this would be the thing that works in order to get in order to get there. But you know, if that's the case, then like I guess you know tony's gonna try whatever i just think it was just a weird dumb thing it's like obviously people who people know who jay lethal is and he's gotten reactions on aw television but nothing enough to warrant that um 
people like like it's even even down to Sanjay Dutt, people like might know who Sanjay is, but even doing that and it's it was just a bad decision all around. That like if you did if you do that during the middle of the show, that's a, it's a completely different thing than trying to make it seem like this big show closing angle, like the lights going out and all this stuff and like I, I Tony just he, they just whiffed on this one, and it's not their worst whiff. We could talk about like having like the Hardy family office close, like close, um, close, close, a close a dynamite or the stuff with dark order and things like that. We've seen like big colossal swings and flops, uh, from AEW and some of these main, and some of these main events and some of these main event segments. And I don't think that this is the worst one. I just don't know why he did it. And it's a super confusing thing. It's more funny to me than like infuriating or whatever. Like, this is gonna happen. It's for, it just happened involving the ROH TV title. It's whatever. It's dumb. Hopefully they relegate it to more towards ROH, um, like a like in in a vacuum. A Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal uh, program for the TV title isn't bad at all. So I think at least you could like somewhat look forward to that. But otherwise, I think it's whatever. It's dumb and. Honestly, like the discourse about it has been like super overblown or whatever. Um, but that's it. I ha- that's yeah. it. I have there on it. Did you have any more on AW or uh, we just could real just, quick? They they're doing uh, I think Battle of the Belts. They announced flashed a quick graphic for um, Grisham versus Dalton Castle. Was just posted that it's going to be on. I think on Battle of the Belts. So that's kind of crazy. I don't know if you even noticed or heard about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that was kind of out of nowhere with the boys. They got the original Tate twins with uh, Dalton Castle on the graphic. So he they haven't even been in ROH recently. So that's kind of cool that Tony is uh, Tony's pulling out all stops for the, the reinvigorated ROH. He's got the boys back. Um, so that, that, that was good news. Um, but that's it really for me um, for for AEW. And we've already gone longer than we were supposed to. This was supposed to be a quick, easy one. But as I said, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. good. You know, so you're like, yeah, what the fuck? Why are we, why are we going this long already? It's me. I've been talking too much. I apologize. Um, but yes, as I said, our main event for the evening is is light and fun, and I I fucking loved this. So I hope that you did as well. But we watched the first round of DDC King of Street Wrestling. Um, I think they posted on Universe. I, a couple of matches were on YouTube. I don't even know really what this is i guess it's just a separate thing like ddt is weird like this which is great i I love ddt we both were kind of really enjoyed the um the takagi versus uh versus nakazawa match from um judgment so figured hey why the fuck not quentin what what are are your thoughts and and what do you think overall about this and and uh like i said we're, we're gonna get into it so feel free uh ddt is back uh ddt is now the second now the best promotion in the world again I'm sorry to have doubted them. I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was it was it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I think that for all the issues that we can have with DDT when it pertains to like the more serious side of their product, they still always nail stuff like this, and they have things like this that just no one can touch or match. And they're the kind of change of pace and breath of fresh air that people like to pretend that like the shit that we like the meme wrestling we get in the US is. And oh, God, it's just yeah. not, yeah. yeah, it's just like, like, this is what people like, like to pretend that some of the GCW and like some of that universe shit is. And it's just night and day at how much and how much better DDT is at doing this stuff. And they've been doing it forever. So obviously they've perfected, they've perfected uh, this, la- this lane of wrestling. So 
I enjoyed it. If people want to watch it, it's like it's four matches and it only goes an hour and twenty one minutes. Like it's super breezy. It's super breezy and fun. Like it's straight up com straight up comedy stuff, wrestling outside. Like so, I'll be perfectly honest. When me and Sam go through these, like we probably won't have a ton to say about the actual matches just because they are just like funny and fun to watch and like we might just remember like certain bits and bits that made us laugh but if you have like if you have an hour if you have like an hour and some change to spare yes watching the watching the watching the first round of this i would definitely recommend yeah i say watch it this is a 100 percent watch i think the, the biggest issue i have is that they open the fucking thing with the main event like abby like you were saying yeah. american <laughs> american fucking uh, uh meme wrestling or whatever i'm sorry obviously we already gave you know takagi his 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 flowers and we were talking about judgment and how good and i was talking about how he's been doing this for so long here he's got the fresh cut and the fresh dye job so he's not looking as gray around the edges as he was at judgment but uh but uh like Danhausen shouldn't even be allowed to not even lace he shouldn't even be allowed to look at uh, abdullah kobayashi's fucking boots he shouldn't be allowed to even be in, like in the same industry they shouldn't be considered they shouldn't both be considered wrestlers honestly abby in this match <laughs> match i shouldn't even call he's fucking amazing the funniest motherfucker in the world and it's so funny that like abby is you know this deathmatch freak you know and he's a legend for the deathmatch shit that he does but oh my fucking god if he wasn't the funniest motherfucker in this whole thing like his comic yeah. his co- comedic timing is perfect the eggs like he's Dude. they <laughs> Tim, Tim, have you ever drunk eggs? No, like, like I've well, never, actually, yes. I've, 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 ne- I've, ne- I've never done that. But have you ever drunk eggs? Like two. I've done like two, and it was, it's bad. But like for me, luckily, I'm one of these freaks who can basically eat anything. Like I don't get grossed out, have any problems. I've done like two of them. It's not very fun. I'm not into it. I would definitely not recommend it. But yeah, I've done like two at a time. But they both had like a half dozen eggs in a in a in a pint glass. It was- so it was really like it got to the point where I was very uncomfortable and grossed out yes. just at the sight of yes. like these full like beer mugs of of eggs. It was like like really disturbing. Yeah, actually. it was. They were bad to look at. They were very bad to look at. And they got he got ones that had extra big yolks, so they really stood out. <laughs> like they were huge and weird looking. It was rough. And Abby drinks one drinks his glass of like a half dozen eggs. And then he could just, like, Takagi already, like, put it to his lips, but wouldn't, was, like, grossed out by it. So he's just like, hey, he gives this, like, gesture, like, well, you're not going to finish this? <laughs> like, like as if, like, he's not like, oh, you're, you're grossed out, it's sick. He's just like, oh, you're, are you not going to eat that? And so he takes it, and he pounds the second one. And that's already great, but the funniest fucking part of it. fucking Christ. The funniest shit of the whole thing is that he stands up, like, the, he, Takagi starts fighting him sitting and then he stands up takagi slaps him in the stomach and abby stops and grabs his mouth like he's about to puke and they both stop for a second like he's gonna throw up and he waits and he waits and then he stops and then the look that he gives the camera where he's like nah i'm just joshing like i'm just fucking around i'm not gonna throw up. and it was the best fucking thing like the face was amazing the the comedic timing the facial expressions. <laughs> Abby is so good throughout the entire thing. And then it just turns into, like, it's not even a match. It's just a tour around the fucking gym. And th- th- this is the grimmest part of the whole thing. Like, the most violent and and, and, uh, and, and distressing part is that this is the Big Japan gym. 
Like, this is the Big Japan Dojo? Because this is fucking... This this place looks grim. This place looks... This 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 looks like the fucking place where, like, Dar- where Darby and Sting yes. faced FTW. <laughs> yes! And this is the, the, the Big Not Japan FTW, Team, Ta- Team Taz or Team Taz or whatever. It looks like the same... It looks like that same... Like, it's like that dark and desolate and dilapidated. Yeah. It's, like, fucking crazy. There's a, a room... The ring is in a room where there's, like, maybe half a foot on each side of the ring to move around on. Like, it's so... The ring barely fits in the room that it's in. And then they go up to the bunks and they pull out, like, a... a just, I think the book just recently came out, but there's a, um, a, a Okada... Uh, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, biography. And, like, they pull it off the shelf. And the, and the laugh that Abby does when he's looking at it and pointing at it, that the, the young boys in Big Japan are reading Okada's... Uh, um, biography is so fucking funny, like the way that he's reacting to it, and the whole way through. And then, yeah, eventually, and you mentioned this in the Slack, so feel free. They go, they get outside, they get to the porta potties. Takagi can't seem to find Abby, and uh, eventually he turns up. And Quentin, what happens there? For some reason, Abby just turns into Stan Hansen, like vest, cowboy hat, bull rope, whole fucking thing. He's just like he's he's, he's back as Stan Hansen. Like yes, like, just for what reason? Just for what? Just for what reason? <laughs> just why? I mean, just because Stan Hansen is cool, I guess. Like yeah, just, I mean, like like I don't I don't know. I probably wouldn't dress like Stan Hansen, but like you know, not not the worst look, not the uh, yeah, not the worst, not, not the worst look for a wrestler to have. But it's even funnier because Abby. Up until this point, I think he's just in what, what, like you put pretty much like dressed pretty regular yeah. in regular street clothes. Yes, and then he comes back and he's, you know, black trunks, black vest, cowboy hat, whole Stan Hansen thing. Yes. It's fucking incredible with the bull rope, and he's doing the the Stan Hansen woo, like he's holding up the horns. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. And then gigantic Abby, who just drank like a dozen eggs. Is like trying to chase Takagi on a bike down the hall, and he's just very slowly waddling after him. And you're just like, oh my god, they're pushing this guy to the brink at this point. This is this is the most athletic that Abby has had to be in fucking years, and it's just so funny as he like chases him down to the river. And this, I looked, I was looking it up because I was like, I gotta get some kind of like information on what the fuck is going on here. So on dramatic DDT, they explain that they go down to the river. And this, in, for some reason, in this river, Big Japan washes their wrestling mats, the canvas to the rings, get cleaned in the river, which I think is fucking crazy to think about. Like, a, a wrestling company the size of Big Japan, which, like, uh, granted, obviously not huge, but this is the stuff where you're like, like I said, the dojo being what it is is fucking grim. You think of, I think of Big Japan, I'm like, they've been around forever. They run some decent-sized shows. They have a pretty cool roster. You know, Nomura kicks ass. All that stuff. But they're, like, sending young boys down to clean the wrestling canvas, the mat, in the river. They clean the fucking mat in the river, which just seems so antiquated and fucking weird. So when they get to the river, the 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 mat, the canvas, is hanging over, like, some poles on some steps, <laughs> drying out, I guess, with chairs tied around it to keep it weighted down, I guess, so it doesn't blow in the wind. And so they both just grab some chairs and start just beating the shit out of each other with chairs on these steps. Um, yeah, this is... <laughs> Obviously, after all is said and done, uh, Abdullah Kobayashi gets the win with the big elbow drop on the stairs. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Now, 
Uh, I, I, no, naturally. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, this was this was something else. Uh, I don't know. Four and three quarters and then, star. What do you think? <laughs> you know, match of the year, probably. Um, but here's the thing: like, for as much as we love that, and like, how, for like, and then for how fun the other matches on on the um on this are, there definitely is a step down after this. Yes. Like, it really this really was like the main event and everything else. Yeah, this should have been the main event. I can't believe they opened with this because it's fucking insane how good it is. Um, they follow, and th- but this is why like DDT kicks ass is the the variety because they follow this up with like a shoot boxing match on the beach with yeah. two legitimate like a kickboxer and a Muay Thai wrestler. It was very it, it was like pr- just a uh, pretty legit. Yeah. They just happened to be fighting outside. Yeah, this was like with the rounds. These are two like legitimate. They these guys have fucking like topology uh, profiles. You know they're on Sure Dog. They have records. These are real fighters, and they're just having a fucking shoot boxing match in the on the beach, kicking the fuck out of each other. You know they're holding it back. They're not going a hundred percent. But this is not. This is this is barely a work. And then they eventually just end up in the ocean, <laughs> and it's over. But yeah, this was again like I said, showing the variety of DDT, and it's really smart because yeah, like. What are you going to do? You're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again? No, like have some different stuff and showing off like doing just doing a shoot fight on the beach uh, is definitely something different. Um, That said, I mean, you know, it's weird to even talk about a shoot fight on the beach, but this was fine. This was like, yeah, you know, simple. It's It's still super. It's still still super. It's still super entertaining just for the absurdity of like. They're just fighting on the beach. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the rounds. So they're you know stopping in between the match to get toweled off because they're covered in dirt from falling in the sand. Like, yeah, they end up like I said, they end up in the ocean. Um, what is it? Uh, Machida gets the win. Uh, maybe he's a you know related to uh, related to Leota Machida or, or trained by the Machida Karate uh, camp or something. I don't even know, but uh, but yeah, he gets the win. Um, any, do you have anything else to say about that one? Oh no, it was just it was it was just fun. Like it's gonna be the it's the most quote unquote serious thing on the on the on the card, and it's just you know just imagine two dudes just a random kickboxing match or a boxing match just ha- is popping off at a beach somewhere. Yeah, like it's just like just just imagine how random that would be. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely crazy. Um, follow that up. The next one is uh, uh, Shunma. God, I can't. I can never say Shunma's last name. Katsumata. Katsumata, um, versus uh, Suzu Suzuki. Um, That's second second best match. I really like this. Yeah, this was tons of fun, and I think plays into really plays into the Shunma character that I love. I mean, Shunma's my boy. I was I was in love with him for the first time I saw him in DNA years and years ago, and just the way that his character has developed is is so much fun to watch and there was times in there where i'm like eh whatever but i just can't help but love this guy but quentin yeah like go, please go off on this one no yeah i think that Su- suzu's always really entertain entertaining and like this in the in this kind of stuff like Su- she'll work she'll work death matches and then she can work stuff that's a little bit funnier but also doing like the hardcore style we've seen shuma do that do that plenty of times so seeing this match on paper i was super i was super into it but yeah, this is even like better than like even better than expected. Like the fucking German suplex onto the onto onto a ladder outside that only a insane human being like Shun Makatsumada would take, and even like the little soft crossbody that Suzu does uh, while while outside, and them taking turns staple, stapling each other, and all the and, and all that and all the comedic stuff that that they had going on there. I love this. I thought this was super fun. 
And yeah, Shunma is perfect for this kind of stuff. He's really an unsung hero in DDT because he can do stupid shit like this or stuff like this goes on with the with the hardcore title or the universal title. But then he can also be up. But we've also seen Shuma being plenty of like legitimately good matches teaming up with Konosuke Takashida and other members of All Out and uh, 37 Kamina. So he's he's definitely one of like the more unsung members of uh of the DDT roster. We love our uh, little rat son over here. <laughs> yes, yeah. I dude taking the uh the getting crotched on the fucking pole, the 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 handrail, that was a nut spot for Shuma to take. Like he said, he's just he's a psycho. And the, I just like I said the the way his character is developed, I love it because he's just he's a cute He's just a little cute boy. He's just a little soft boy who should just be sweet and swaddled and taken care of. But for some reason, he wants very badly to be a tough man. He wants very badly to be a hard, <laughs> tough man. And he can't ever be that. He never will be. You know, like, like I love, like, kind of the stop-off where he was doing the NWA, like, trying to be, like, an idol was, was, it's also even better for, like, building up into this background where it's, like, he went from being, like, in a boy band, which is probably his natural state, to now he wants to be, he wants to be a freak. And so, to him... You know what's fucking, you know what's fucking crazy that you're saying this, and I just watched Perfect Blue last night? Oh, nice. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's, like, (laughs) doing, like... You're pretty much just describing the plot of Perfect Blue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's why it works. Because he, like, yeah, he wants to, he really just wants to be a tough man. And he never will be. He's, like, he even, he even, he kind of is. Like, you know, but he'll never give that vibe. So then doing the death match in the, on the street in front of, like, a fucking burger place in the garden against, like, a, a, a you know, a tough death match, per, like, person, but a woman, you know? So th- there is kind of that part of it, too, that he's, like, wrestling a female deathmatcher who like she is playing the hardened actual real deathmatch person and he is the like i said this cutesy boy who wants to be tough but he just will never deliver um and that's why stuff like the fact that shunma like is like the legos does so much of the lego stuff it really i think that helps like so much of the time like using legos and stuff i feel like it's like eh whatever it works it doesn't work it's it's fine we all know it really sucks but when you're like the cutesy boy who like kind of is like a little kid but wants to be a deathmatch guy you're using legos just kind of plays into that gimmick in a really great way but yeah taking the german on the fucking ladder the the big ass splash through the through the uh, through the table to finish like was nuts like yeah this is this was kicked ass this was so much fun and like the most like wrestling the most like actually like a wrestling match out of anything on the show so I can definitely see why you'd have it as the number two best match um because it you could watch this and actually have it deliver as like a wrestling match on top of everything else um yeah like, like if this was just on a DDT show and they just yeah. went in, but it wasn't outside like it's still like it would still be a it would still be a good match yes exactly um. And then the final match on the show, and I can get why they, I kind of get why they had it last, and they maybe expected something more out of it, but um, I don't think it, it didn't, I wouldn't say it doesn't deliver, but it was definitely a lot of fun, and it was funny. Um, Chris Brooks versus, uh, is it Onryo, uh, the, uh, the, the the ghost devil from 666, which I think is great, um, and the, the, the kind of spooky, haunted, like, building filled with smoke as Chris Brooks comes in with his blaster to try to kill the ghost um but um you know gets snuck up on behind to start out the match this was uh like i said tons of fun onrio is just so much fun because it's like so campy you know playing the fucking evil villain ghost nightmare character but like really going over the top with it um you know chris brooks 
you know, bumping and selling and playing off the fear, getting suspended by the, the, the chain and getting choked out. Like this is, um, it's interesting because Chris Brooks, maybe you could say he does a little bit of queer baiting, but at the same time, like this match feels like it's very much gay culture. <laughs> like this is a, this match is definitely very homoerotic. I will say, um, it's got some torture porn stuff in it. It's got some, 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 uh, some latent, uh, like, yeah, just there's, there's definitely some feelings and some emotions coming off watching these two guys just like gruelingly torture each other, um, with the, you know, but at the same time, it's funny, um, and uh, yeah, this was uh, <laughs> tons of goofiness. Uh, Onryo disappearing and getting replaced um, by uh, Ram. Was it Ram Kalkachko, who's another uh, you know character in in Six Six Six? Yeah, cinder blocks, Roman candles, boards, the the suplex onto the boards, and then the exploding board was ridiculous. There's just like insane shit. And then the post match, it's like like it wasn't enough. The post-match. And then Brooks even... Brooks doing the fucking senton onto the, the door of the casket. That was fucking nuts for this. Like, in this setting, it was like, oh, what the fuck? Where did that just come from? Why are we doing, like, wrestling right now? Why are you going doing something that crazy? Um, yeah, this was uh, tons of fun and and wild. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the other... Unfortunately, you know, there was two matches before this that were not... That this was not going to be able to live up to. But, uh, yeah, Quentin, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh yeah, this this is this is still fun. Uh I cannot speak to the things that you just spoke on there. Uh um I could probably speak in them where they were there when there's more uh I guess like straight up like, uh, like explicit cases where it's like Ilya versus Car Noir. But like in that sure, sure. But like here I, I like I, but I definitely see which I definitely see what you mean what you what you mean there. I thought it was funny, I thought it was fun. Um I think that Chris Brooks is good at good, good at stuff like this, but I've seen him, I've seen him in better comedy matches, really. And this was definitely unique, and I'm excited to and I'm excited to see him more doing this uh, doing this stuff because obviously he's always been good at this. This is just like where Chris Brooks Chris Brooks comes from and thrives. So I'm definitely always up to see more of Chris Brooks doing this, but. Yeah, for how for how funny it was. Yeah, I, I think think this is like anywhere close to as funny as like Abby versus Takagi or Suzu versus uh, Shunma. So like it's like very firmly like third in terms of funniness. But then like I also really like the absurdity of like the boxing match on the beach. So right. I might even prefer that over this. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough. It's like this unfortunately suffered from just being compared to some stuff that really like over delivered or not even just over delivered, but just was so much better at different things. This was kind of a little bit too. Yeah, it just felt like second second fiddle to so much other insane shit that was going on. But this was this was like, uh, yeah, like. Honestly, it was like kind of reminded me a little bit of like taking like the Undertaker versus AJ Styles match, but just like like not being so fucking self serious about it. You know what I mean? The the boneyard or graveyard match or whatever, kind of doing that whole thing, but playing up the campy elements and playing up, like I said, a little bit of homoeroticism in there and and just being like completely uh, completely over the top with it. Um, and this just did not. It did not necessarily like live up to the other stuff on here that just felt like more effortlessly effortlessly funny and um and then also just having like absurdity to it and then yeah the uh, the shunma match shunma and, and suzu um just being like actually a solid like kind of deathmatchy kind of match like yeah it just it didn't live up to any of those 
those like elements like the funniness the absurdity or just the actual like feeling like a real match this felt like it was a little bit too much of like kind of hitting all the quadrants but not doing any of them insanely well I think that what like my prevailing thought with this was that I don't I don't know man like it felt refreshing to just go back to like DDT basics and oh it just like like you know maybe we'll the company will get creatively back on track with this more with this more serious stuff but watching this is like man like I really just needed that to remind myself like how fun DDT can be when I'm not frustrated by the booking. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's like the best way to to put it and the, and the reason why I enjoyed this so much, I think we both agree that this was a ton of fun to watch and just like yeah, a a, a refresher to just be like, "Oh yes, like this is why I love DDT because they can do some really just insane goofy shit like this." And uh and everything just hits and you know, we're talking about grade gradations and like, "Oh, this was better than that," but like we said it's an hour it goes by insanely fast and everything is enjoyable like it's well worth the watch for sure yeah for sure people do definitely should give this a ch- give this a chance if they're thinking of just skipping this over because it isn't like the typical ddt stuff they check in for yeah no definitely but either way quentin that's it for me unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we go uh no i'm great i'm good um but <laughs> there was a tweet that made its way oh, no. uh, to my timeline oh, no. before while we were recording, and I realized, you know what? I don't feel like having this conversation at the moment. I will tell you what it is off air, and uh, okay. maybe we can re- maybe we we can revisit it next week. But I saw it, and I'm like, man, <laughs> I do not feel like doing this right now. <laughs> but it's a it's actually it's actually it's actually a really good point. So maybe we'll bring it up next week, and you guys will know what I'm talking about. But that's it. That's a uh, that's all that's all for me you can follow me on twitter at qt underscore moody you can follow tim at bone dog's wife and you can follow the we don't know wrestling podcast network at wdkwpn and that's it for us this week hope hope you're all uh hope you're all back next time and thank you for listening if you ever gonna let me know, yeah Suicide, if you ever try to let go, uh I'm sad and all, yeah I'm sad and all, yeah Who am I? Someone that's afraid to let go, uh You decide if you ever gonna let me know, yeah Suicide, if you ever try to let go, uh I'm sad and all, yeah I'm sad and all, yeah Guy gave her everything She took my heart and left me Broken hearts contentious I won't fix, I'd rather weep I'm lost and I'm found But it's torture being in love I love when you're around But I fucking hate when you leave Who am I? Someone that's afraid to let go uh, You decide if you're ever gonna let me know Yeah, suicide if you ever try to let go uh. I'm sad and all, yeah. I'm sad and all, yeah. Who am I? Someone that's afraid to let go. Uh, you decide if you ever gonna let me know. Yeah, suicide if you ever try to let go. Uh, I'm sad and all, yeah. I'm sad and all, yeah.
not afraid to let go You decide if you're ever gonna let me know Yeah, suicide if you ever try to let go I'm sad, I know, yeah I'm sad, I know, yeah No, I'm not afraid to let go You decide if you're ever gonna let me know Yeah, suicide if you ever try to let go